that's what we resorted to. You are listening to Lame. The Lexington. Fuck. <laughs> Barry Saturday. Marxist experience. <laughs> that's right, folks. It's the 28th of May. Is it 20? It's the 28th of May, 2021. And if there's any man whose head needs to be on a pike more than anyone else's, it's Barry Saturday. We're rolling with the show right now. We'll do introductions later. Fuck this guy. I stopped recording it. We recorded the podcast last week, and I was like, what am I going to talk about next week? Next fucking day in this paper. I cannot fucking believe this guy who has not shot this man. Um, yeah, let's just let's just get into reading it right now. Um Lexi- this is this is un. I was not prepared for. Yeah, this. I know you weren't. This is no one. I wasn't prepared for this fucking eyesore. That yeah, I, we're talking <laughs> multiple letters to the editor. We're talking a Blake Hall response op-ed. I mean, this guy does not fucking get it that it is on site. <sighs> Very Saturday. This fucking nitwit. This guy, literal menace to society. Writes Lexington's division of planning is about to remove several car lanes on Nicholasville Road in order to install bus-only lanes that they call bus rapid transit. This means car traffic there will be a disaster. An overflow will spill into neighborhoods and onto Harrodsburg and Tate's Creek roads. Uh, and then he um, says more bullshit. Um, and this is okay. Lexington's Division of Planning within the city's executive branch is the organization pushing all this, funded by your tax dollars. They have three main goals. One, increase bus transportation. Something that is good, Barry. Why is my why is it making that noise? So this is, I guess, for some background. Oh if you <laughs> if you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. This is what imagine Nicholasville Road. This is like We did an episode on it. Yeah. This is like when. the whole response to that. He doesn't like bus rapid transit. Yeah. Well, Among uh, many other things. Bus rapid transit is good. Um, their second insidious goal is to increase urban density and their third d- d- um, evil goal is to preserve rural land um, and now he goes and he's like this but he's like they sound good but this is what it really means when he says increase when when they say increase bus transportation what they really mean is to the vast majority of Lexington support ensuring free or low-cost transportation access for those who need it okay um uh, we recognize that he, in regards to urban density, he says we recognize that our population is growing and some different types of housing may be required in some cases. Uh, and then for rural land, he says, when we think of rural land in Lexington, our horse farms are a major source of our heritage for a city in preserving that is important to us. So he's taken these three points and he has taken their relation to each other um uh versus the uh like imagine lexington plan and he's perceived some devious mind where the like bureaucrats at the planning division are somehow these evil people trying to destroy what your ability to sit in traffic all day like i don't get it um it's it's a sacred lexington birthright it really is it is i mean if you haven't tried going um north uh like in like five if you haven't tried going like north in front of central baptist and five o'clock traffic and just sit there for like 30 minutes you don't know what it's like to live in this hell site this is what he says the first problem is here very few people want to ride the bus and lextran's own numbers show the average number of passengers per mile driven on their bus could fit in a toyota camry including the bus driver on average, then, Lextran has the same number of employees as bus riders. This is, of course, a ridiculous waste of tax dollars as an alternative transit option should be put in place. Now, um, there are so many ways we could go into this. And if this was the hypothetical post-revolution um, uh, society where we will be revered for our podcasting work, I would simply offer no counter arguments and immediately send them to the firing squad for this one. Um, this is where I personally draw the line. So... Very Saturday, if I were to take you out to uh, Nicholasville Road at 3 in the morning and point to it with no cars on it, would you then agree with me that we need to tear down Nicholasville Road because it is not fulfilling its capacity requirements, right? Um, Very Saturday, if you were to replace the bus and replace it with perhaps mm, Uber, right? Right? What is the average um, a person per passenger per car in a ride-sharing service? One, right? How many drivers does it take to drive an Uber car? One and it always will be. They've given up on self-driving, right? So, one word: if if you could get a little little deeper into this, one could almost say that even in the scenario where you allege that there is just as many bus drivers as riders of the bus on a daily basis, this would also be 
categorically true in uh, for like any ride sharing app. There is no at, at the most the highest possible capacity you could get in a ride sharing app is like what if you have a big SUV like six people to one driver. Whereas I encourage you, Barry Saturday, to maybe I don't know, go by Red Mile, go out on campus um, and see where people, you know, where people are actually frequently using the bus and go ahead. Tell me how it would make sense to put those like 40 odd students into a all in, all individual ride shares. I'll wait. Oh, but sorry. In this hypothetical, I've already killed him. It's too late. Um, so uh, he says that Lexington Planning has angered many neighborhoods such as um, Penmican Park and Tades Creek Road's Glendover, uh, forcing them against their will to accept jo- zone changes that alter the character of the neighborhoods. Guys, these two neighborhoods are um, Penmican Park, especially, is a dead end, um, one row, one lane road. Um, these are um, suburban uh, single family units, and there is no character of it to begin with. It is it has always just been commuters. People just live there. Um, you are there is there is clearly whistle speak happening in this. Um, and he says, um uh, preserve, uh, he says, preserving rural land is more important to maintaining our heritage, but preserving a random cattle farm may not farm may not be critical to our community's needs, especially if it could be more effectively repurposed to alleviate our massive affordable housing, gentrification, and transportation issues. Tell me, Barry, how would having a bigger city help your transportation issue? Think about this one, Barry. Stop it. We don't even have to bring in outside facts. Let's play in your own playhouse. How would that help, Barry? Tell me. Tell me when we're when our whole when Lexington's whole gimmick is that we're like big ag tech land. Tell me, tell me in in any way, shape, or form, why it would be easier to expand the urban service better. Tell me, tell me, very. I need to know. Um, so, final, final, actual important um, paragraph that he writes. He says, this is how it's all connected. Planning is all in on 20th century bus technology. To them, there's still no other option, and they're unwilling to consider change, even if it would improve the lives of our people. Seriously, ask them. To make bus use effective, they must first prevent new rural land from being developed. Um, Correct. Uh, Even though that that would both alleviate traffic congestion, absolutely false. Absolutely false. Um, As someone that commutes from a rural area, this is such a lie. Um, it makes it because let me say this, Barry, when I lived in the, when I lived in the city, I wasn't in my car all the time. I live out in the middle of nowhere now. Shocker. I have to take my car everywhere in the city. Anyway. Um, oh shoot. Um, and create affordable housing parentheses and create jobs. Ask the chamber, see the citations needed episode on all of that. Um, then focus on zone changes to alter neighborhoods, making them denser because that forces people to live closer together, making bus use cheaper, even if the neighborhood objects. Current council members have been all too willing to ignore even their own constituents' pleas in order to accommodate planning goals. Because even the Draculas on city council, Barry Saturday, realize that the that people that that, that homeowners by and large are like psychopaths, and they, while normal people in every other respect, um, uh, have been you know turned insane by the fact that they are in an HOA but you know that's just me um anyway so I I literally I I I can't I can't with this fucking guy very Saturday it is on fucking site with you this is the first time I've ever <laughs> oh destroyed God. an agenda paper but it needed to fucking happen Jenry is tearing this up to shreds I mean yeah I this is why the Hopefully none of our listeners have that as like an aversive sound, you know, like nails on a chalkboard. Just like that, we're back. You've been listening to the Lexington. What's our A word today? Allergies. Allergies. Marx's experience. That's right. My allergies did hurt me very badly. Um, uh, I'm Jenry. I'm Aaron. And uh, this is a um, news and editorial podcast um, that is, uh, we talk about things um, and from perspectives like i am a uh former urban geography student and i'm a marxist yeah and that's that's the gimmick um we're really playing at both sides today because my lid is absolutely off today folks anyway so thank god um blake hall the city sort of um ideological janitor just taking out the trash on this (laughs) one um comes back and i you know obviously you should just read his article i don't want to read his whole article here 
but he makes a lot of very important claims because of course blake hall a learned man um you don't even have to read his article just follow his twitter honestly yeah he does he does do a great job of just um you have the same you have very similar uh concepts yeah well that's why because my phone was so your, close your phone is i guess still on uh what like 3g and that's interfering with the wire setup I don't know. i'm who knows i'm i'm scared uh, the, fi- the 5g chip in my um, bloodstream from the vaccine is probably adversely affecting the recording ah, I we see. podcasters should have considered this before getting it um the sputnik vaccine wouldn't have done this to me <laughs> anyway um so Blake lies. Um, Blake uh, says here, um, you know, obviously the Imagine Lexington thing is just a suggestion, just an idea. It has yet to go through any real planning um, through a lot of these evaluations. However, um, I mean, it's already gone through the lame evaluation desk. Just listen to the episode when we talked about it. Um, listen to like every episode of lame. Well, yeah, listen to every episode. But in the one episode, I talked about my gripes with the uh, Imagine Lexington plan, and I personally. Um, as someone who has the lived experience of sitting in this traffic hell forever, have some suggestions to make the uh, bus lanes better um, and uh, even more hostile to traffic. That's just me. I think we need to go all the way personally. Um, either way, I welcome the plan. BRT, very good. Um, as we all know, it's basically the sort of most cost-effective way for any American town to roll out mass public transit. Um, and uh, honestly, um that's all that's important right now, folks. Forget if the buses are electric. I personally don't care. Um, that's a hill for us to jump over later. Every car off the road is a far bigger success. Um, anyway, Blake Hall, what he does thankfully point out um, is a topic that I've always wanted to learn more about, like sort of like from like an academic standpoint, but because um, it's very interesting. And it's basically that um, sprawling cities, cities that continue to expand um, operate on a sort of pyramid scheme. Um, they, they receive, there is always funding for cities to expand, but there's basically no maintenance for, there's no funding for maintenance of the city streets expansion. Um, it is just generally very expensive to expand services, especially when you don't necessarily have to expand those services. Um, you know, like the, when you could have, uh, when there's clearly other places to build, it's not like Lexington's really jam packed with stuff right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and he sort of, he lays out a more, um, a little more specific argument specific to Lexington, but just the, uh, um, you know, the, uh, general situation is this, he does, um, point out that I am actually part of the problem. Um, this is important to note Lexington's quote, the current traffic situation is is a result of having a large number of commuters commuting in and out of Jesmond County during rush hour. Correct. Um, if they brought the bus back to Nicholasville, I would. I would. Um, I think it could be fun. But, um, yeah. Let's see. Um, any more important things that Blake Hall said? I mean, obviously he said more important things. Um, oh, a classic. You love it. You love it when this... I've just been reading a bunch of Lennon recently. Um, so he's been... Uh, and and it's, it's always good to see this, um, the classic uh, uh, quote. Mr. Saturday was correct in one regard. Sprawl makes public transit worse nicely done we got him we got him you love it when you do the owns with facts and logic i'm not going to rip up this paper too um <laughs> but this is because public transit works best when it connects destinations and has few stops spreading everything out makes the bus take longer and carry few, fewer people from stop to stop uh we cannot continue to pour, to push people into surrounding counties for affordable housing just because some neighbors refuse to accept any change having more duplexes fourplexes or accessory dwelling units doesn't destroy a neighborhood but widen but widening roads certainly can amen the best place to house our would-be neighbors is in our existing neighborhoods where there's established service and amenities blake hall you're so right i mean i i debated not reading your article because i was like i was like I don't know what well at the time I was writing my own like actual like typed up response to do on the podcast and then I saw you just post the op-ed and I was like I should just read it because I believe I don't know if we did this I don't know if this was an episode that ever made it to air but um the uh we did um we we recorded an episode where we read a um one of the first ever things we read on the podcast um was Blake Hall's op-ed response to the last fucking um drool that Barry Saturday put out um Longtime enemy of the podcast, Barry Saturday is, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> what a what an evil like supervillain name too, Barry Saturday. It's so funny. It's like real comic book shit. You love to see it. Um, so 
Are we are we ready to start side A? <laughs> We've been in it. I mean, like you. Well, you had the the, the, I've, the I, intro. I've been. Listen, I've decided. I've decided that I need to. Side I decided that that today. Let me say this: between the Barry Saturday article and this next thing, I'm going to be talking about. Okay. My lid has been so thoroughly off this week that there is that there is no no point in trying to maintain the um, the regular things about side A. If you wanted the news today, by the way, if you wanted the news today, aside from like the two items we we're discussing, um, just wait till next week. I'll get back to it. This is what is this yeah. side A and a half? Sure. This is uh, side C. The the secret one. Um, C for secret. Yeah, C for secret. Um, like what like city council's going back in person next week which is sooner than was normal that's a news event okay look now you got three look wow what a great what a great deal for you anyway um so when i when i refer to something um as neoliberal right what what does that mean my whenever my roommate hears you talk about this he thinks you're talking about he's, he thinks you're a conspiracy theorist. aaron's roommate oh my fucking god Either go to a single urban geography class or alternatively tune in right now. This one's for you. Um, so, um, you know, we had a, a the best time to live under capitalism was, you know, post-war America, Western Europe. Um, and that was good. It was very good time to be like just like a normal white guy excellent time to be alive excellent time to be in a union um you know things were good for a few decades and then things got bad um and it all started and look people will disagree with me right you know this is there's more than one ways to skin a historical cat right but i truly believe um things uh things uh took a turn for the extreme worse um in the 1972 oil crisis um, this basically pulled out a critical cornerstone on the whole thing that we had here and um, the government's failure to respond in a proper way um, is basically why all of this went bad um, because they were they were there was a careful triangle of power between capital labor labor and government right in America and Britain um, Norway just still has this because they they found oil, they they struck oil themselves they're fine they're out of this right but in America um this sort of economic downturn and the government's failure to um to sort of step in in any meaningful way basically removed the check that they had keeping labor in the power that it had now why what about the government needing to keep labor in power you may ask if you've read theory why why did what 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 purpose does the government have in keeping just good unions afloat? Well, the government can do certain things to prevent, let's say, U.S. steel from just moving out of the country, right? This is a this is something, um, and this is this is the big changer in life. The big thing that companies have figured out, thanks to technology and whatnot, is that they can just get up and free, and and you know, and just go away. They can be free. They can go to other countries. This is in, uh, as many academics have come to call it, the new freeing of capital, or as we colloquially say it, the neoliberal, um, you know, this is, this is neoliberalism. This is the new way that city governments and basically, you know, as time goes on, everything in life has responded to the fact that capital is now this um, thing no longer defined by geography in the same way that labor or politics are. Right. So this would lead to cities taking a sort of new approach, um, to how they, you know, develop their cities. Um, uh, many people have called it many things. Um, I've, uh, the term I've heard before is called consumerist urbanism. And this is where we get, this is where we get all those bullshit buzzwords that we call that you, we immediately clock as neoliberal, right? Um, when people say, you know, we're creating a space to create and live and play and innovate, um, disrupt. Yeah. Well, I mean, disrupt, yeah. Disrupt even that's one. I mean, like it is a, uh, well, disrupts a very uh, disrupts not not in the urban geography sense, but um, but uh, disrupt is an excellent neoliberal thing because that is what yeah, the neoliberal era does. It allows you to disrupt. Whatever. Okay, I'm already already spinning out here. The Lexington disruption, yeah. Marxist experience. Yeah, it's honestly this is what this episode is like. <clears throat> um, but this is all about creating sort of a playground. It is about turning the city into a mall in order to attract vendors, um, but vendors being just like companies in development, right? Um, 
this is where you know loitering laws come from um and the you know this is this is you need to create this is why you have um i don't know just weird like weird postmodern looking shit um the uk student center is like this it's just like very mall like um, all this is stuff and sort of just like a, like a bid to sort of like the professional managerial class. The Neo Rep Arena. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the the Rep Arena that just looks weird. Like, this is all a reaction. It's all about creating this sort of like a... a it's all about... Everything is about projecting an image. The city is all about projecting an image of these things, right? There is... Everything is now... Everything now operates on symbols. Um, and this is why, you know... Um, this is why the Democratic Party is the way it is. Anyway, um, so we have a case study, right, in this thing to help us understand a little further, right? Southworks um, is a was one of the largest factory steel um, foundries uh, owned by the United States Steel Company. Um, this uh, was in the south side of Chicago. Um, it, at its height, employed 20,000 people. Um, and there was a thriving community built around it, um, that, uh, immediately evaporated in 1992 when Southworks, um, a heavily unionized place, you know, a union house just shut down and United U S steel said, we're going by, we're out. Um, no amount of, no amount of striking can stop a company that doesn't want to run its factory. So, um, for many years, it just sat like this. And then, in 1999, some real, real prime choice idiots had an idea. All right? We're going to create a, uh, a, re- a new kind of district, a new kind of special area, special zone. And uh, this, special z- this special zoning is going to be just for areas that are considered blighted or would otherwise be unable to build, right? Because there's no way, no developer, no sane developer in this new market would want to build anything on this shitty former steel mill because the amount of work that it would require to treat the soil and everything because it is a toxic wasteland, right? Um, so we're going to uh, create a special special zone um, called a tax increment financing um, or tax increment funding zone. Um, we are going to take a an assessment of the U.S. Steelworks as it is in 1999, take that property value tax and cap it at that. And every, for the next 23 years, if there is any raise in property taxes, any in property evaluation in that district, instead of taxing anything larger than that month, than that uh, initial cap we put in 1999, that money will go directly into the pockets of developers to build this whatever they're building on U.S. Steel, right? Genius pyramid scheme shit, right? So um, Southworks uh, has had this um, TIF on it. Um, uh, It's it's 23-year expiry date is almost about to expire, and would you believe it, folks? They've built, like, nothing. To this day, no developer wants to touch this project. Not to say that other TIF projects haven't... um, haven't uh gone well on this you know there's many the chicago chicago has um you know dozens literally dozens of these places of these uh tiff districts um and as of recent they're even more they have these like transport based tiff districts that are even more insane that don't even have a requirement for it to be blighted they just put tiff districts and then use it to fund projects it's this is some like it's some real supply chain finance bullshit um so Another interesting thing to point out about these TIF districts is that it cap. Uh, you you heard me correctly when I said it caps the amount of ta- property tax one can take, right? For twenty three years, so if you have an area that is like going, you know, gentrifying, for instance, that has a TIF district in it. Let's say Pilsen has a TIF district, right? Um, and I'm sure it does. And the property value is going up. Well, everyone living in that TIF district. Their tax, their tax dollars that have been going up because their property valuations have been going up aren't going to public services like the school system, police, fire, public transit. For instance, in Lexington, public transit is almost entirely funded by property taxes. So this would um, this very much adversely affects us. Um, so 
the prices in that money, instead of spending it on things like our fire department, we are giving it to private developers to help them build their um, to help them build their overpriced rental places, which um, have no risk of not having inhabitants for them. This is a prices are only going up and people are willing to pay them. So in Chicago, of course, you're like, OK, so where's the corruption? Right here it is. If you have two TIF, any any TIF districts that touch each other, um, create sort of these super TIF districts, right? You can move money from one TIF district to another as long as it's contiguous, right? And almost all of Chicago has a TIF district touching to another part. So if you have a TIF district that is like you know in Lincoln Park, you can funnel that money like straight out to like Cicero. You can just like go. The money can just be moved anywhere. So it doesn't the TIF money in many cases isn't even going to fund the actual district it is in. Right. It sounds like the people who made these rules are also like the people who make board games like this sounds not real. Like this is like a board game style rule. This would never be. No one would want to play this board game. Well, I know. But like you have like when you have two when you have two TIF districts that touch each other, you can transfer. Yeah, really having. I mean, it's truly. And that's and that's how. I mean, ask any Democrat in the 90s how society should work, and they would explain to you just the shittiest, mean-tested board game ever. Um, so, uh, except there's one very sort of desert of TIF districts, right? Not a desert, sort of a moat, um, where you can't, there's no touching TIF districts, right? There's sort of one cluster that's separate from the rest of Chicago. Can you guess what? It's the South Side. Um, and the South Side contains nine TIF districts that have, to this day, made zero dollars. Their property taxes have not gone up in the least because TIF funding doesn't work. It is a way to extort. It is it is a way to divert taxes to developers, and there is no other way to put it around, right? So what happened with U.S. Steel? Well, like in 2012, there was this one project out for it called like Lakeside, which is insane. Um I found the video. There's a promotional video for it that I found the, that I, that I rediscovered. That was so God, it's so funny um, there, but uh, it's so stupid, but they, um, they wanted their, their, uh, their project wouldn't even start shoveling and um, spoiler alert. It has not shuffled um, shoveled yet. Uh, they were supposed to work, work on this uh, lakeside is supposed to be completed by 2055. Right. Um, but it's curious, right? They are a company that wants to develop on it, but they are intentionally, this is 2012. So they had a whole 13 year, no 11 years before the TIF district ran out, but they did not want to develop on the TIF district because of course they feel like they could score a more lucrative deal with the government. Right. I mean, there is, so, you know, look no further than shit like that. Um, the, t- God, the lakes, I think was so insane. It's like, you can walk out of your apartment and get to your boat in five minutes. And I was like, my boat, I don't have that kind of money to store my boat in Chicago. Um, anyway. Um, so now that you've gotten this little run up to them, right? Um, and when we've learned that not even when development risks are um, basically entirely mitigated by contiguous dis- uh, TIF districts, right? And yet these developers still want more from the government, right? Um, let's take a look at the UK Coldstream Research Campus. This is our only other news item for my side. Coldstream is a big research campus um, for agricultural stuff. Uh, UK has a lot of land out here, and they've historically not known what to do with it, right? There's an embassy suites built on Coldstream campus, which is psychotic and insane. Um, I get it. You want to have a nice... um, a nice suites for when your uh, different golf monarchs come to bluegrass airport to race their horses. Right. Um, but I don't know. Look, there's a few things that this campus is missing. Right. One of which notably is any, um, any sort of a dormitory, any sort of residential area. It is um, uh, just basically, it looks like just a big office building. Right. So UK is like, we're going to build another office building and to, into which we asked UK, well, is this just, I mean, what if, what if someone wants to live out here? There's no good housing out by here. Um, the closest housing is all this like, sort of like disgusting, bleak sort of suburban shit. Um, and, 
the if you go further into town it's um it starts becoming a commute again and also ooh, i don't want to live next to the poor people when i'm working on my soil projects um says all the future people that are going to go straight from Coldstream to Alltech. um so uk's like perfect we'll build we'll we'll ask someone anyone to build us some housing right so someone so a developer comes to lexington they're like lexington uk our two favorites like dueling dual power states in the region we would just love love to build you in a high density apartment complex in an area where um it's basically guaranteed that we will get um residents at full capacity um this is basically as it stands a no risk no risk situation however we want you to do you know x zoning change which is reasonable right you need to change zones to you know zoning in america it's basically bad um, there's not a whole lot of good zoning things out there in the city and they're also like we're gonna need a, we're gonna need some help we're gonna need a big we're gonna need a tiff district right so i don't know if you've ever been out to the cold strewn campus folks it is you uh pristine bluegrass um and i have a very hard time finding out what what about it counts as blighted untouched god's country it is what what about what about this um this beautiful sweet bluegrass which um it gave me so much bad allergies we had to delay the show by a whole day um what about this place it requires what about this place that isn't that has a high demand for this kind of development um with uh, all the utilities run out to it already um what about this plot of grass that is connected to a road it is just a a a lot with a sidewalk and everything next to a public park what about this needs tax increment funding and more importantly how big is this district running because if that's the case then like are we literally going to be siphoning um tax tax money that is supposed to go to you know like you know fire services for that um for you know cold stream i mean where is where is this money coming from because once again a lot of tiffs just just make zero dollars a lot of tiffs just do nothing and is this what they want do they just want the veneer of having a tiff district to prove that they are once again superior to the city state like i don't know um but after five years of hard negotiating um these uh these freaks finally start shoveling this project right and at this press conference that they held like everyone came to it and it was in every news publication there was not a tv channel not a weku covered this shit what they are building an apartment what and and, and you have linda gorton and here let me just list the people yeah, James Brown, Josh McKern, and Jennifer Reynolds, right? Jennifer Reynolds came out to the why? Okay. That's like not even in her district. Yes, correct. Um, I believe this is Josh McKern's district, um, which, of course, you know, bad vibes, right? That should be, if, if I'm remembering correctly, no. that's either 1 or 12. Oh, then it's got to be 12. So I actually don't know who the fuck it is. Is Josh McKern 12? I don't know. Look, we're, uh, look we just claim to be a podcast that knows about city council, right? Don't I don't are you really gonna all right we're hard all right pull out the list yeah thank you Charlie um anyway the questions I have is you know why does Jennifer Reynolds um need to be seen at these event and why are there people to do the seeing of Jennifer Reynolds at this event um the building isn't even built yet guys there is nothing you should not be taking pride in the fact that it took you five years of negotiating to build a build a apartment on a public university's land come like there is this is totally inexcusable um uh it's this is it, i i live in hell at least we're getting you know like some form of dense apartments that are also you know hopefully key going to sort of tamp you know tamp down the possible flux of traffic that could be flowing out of this place um, and yeah, I guess with that, Kathy Plowman. Oh wow, it's Plowman. Or James Brown. Or James. What are you? Well, if it's District One, then it's James Brown. Oh it's 12 yeah, is it's, Kathy Plowman. I don't think it's District One. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Um, fuck. Fuck these guys. 
they're not my friend they're not your friend they're not my friend um uh the fact that our city can't or even our university can't just you know take it upon themselves to build the things that we as a society need and that we have to be at the hands of these just you know just just these disgusting fucking reptiles that actually you know develop everything in the city um is a uh, deeply frustrated and um having a fully uh, both killed my voice and have uh, satiated my um, desire for um, human blood. I have I have one more comment. Oh shit! Fuck! Don't send me wasn't off. there wasn't there like a there was like a symbolic sign from God during this during this event? Oh right? yeah, every news report was like, and then they got fucking rained on so bad. Um, I think they were all standing under a tent in a lightning storm, which was cool. And I only ask that God would have acted more judiciously in this did case. Did they, um, didn't they, they didn't shovel or did they shovel? Because I just saw pictures of just like the shovels. There's no photo, the, wait, there's any photo of them with shovels in their hands? No, there's just photos of well, the Well, the whole shovels. ritual's off. The whole ritual's off. Never mind. The whole ritual, what's the point? What's the point? Anyway, I yield my time. I'm, get me out of this place. Get me out of this place. Get me out of this place. You guys are listening to Lame. Hope you guys enjoyed that uh, phenomenal first off the cuff, off folks. the cuff first section that we had. I can't even call it side A. I mean, it was, but it I it literally I, was side. A. I can't, I can't call it that though, because I mean, I, I guess I whatever. Um, Blake Hall has let the cat out of the bag on Twitter um, with us and our stickers. So if you uh, live in our urban society and you've been walking around and you've seen these lame stickers with the QR code on them, um, we have like, I don't know, maybe like 10 of those left. Um, But the real announcement here is that we're getting new stickers designed by the one and only Claire Thompson, our uh, queen of design. Or I guess our general secretary of design. Thank you. She, this 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 desire to give everything this monarchical position is killing right. me. Our general secretary of design um, has designed us some new stickers. Uh, but uh, Blake Hall, you have let the cat out of the bag a bit too early on this one. Yeah. You should have uh, waited. You should have scheduled that tweet for next week because the new stickers are currently being produced. They're not even printed yet. Um but with that being said, we have about 50 to spare. Uh, so if you would like a sticker, email us at lexlamepod at gmail.com. We can work something out. Uh, I can I can mail them to you if you want. Um, we, can, we can meet on a, on a dark street corner on the side of the road uh, <laughs> in, in trench coats, and we can exchange uh, your, stickers. Yeah, setting yourself up to get a podcast killed. Yeah, I well, I'm setting myself up to get podcast killed. Well, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you if you kill my co-host, I'll be so upset. Uh, but I mean, with the side bees I've been putting out, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if you would like a if you'd like an old sticker and a new sticker, let us know. Uh, but uh, we can't give you the new stickers until we have them, uh, which is not currently uh, feasible because they're still being printed as we speak. Um, that being said, though, uh, you can contact us on uh, Twitter. We're at LamePod. You can tweet at us. Follow us, please. Boost our egos. Uh, you can also email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com for other non-sticker related things like comments, corrections, episode suggestions, death threats, cease and desists, and wedding requests. We will do your wedding. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Holy shit. I'm, I'll do the wedding. All right. Uh, we will do your wedding, um, so please uh, contact us. Please. Yes. Also, us. make sure to leave a review on iTunes. Um, it doesn't have to be good. Just leave a review well, on iTunes. It needs to be five stars. I mean, look, if you're leaving, if you go, if you make the bother of going onto iTunes to leave a review and you're like, I'm feeling a four today, consider, wait, wait, I promise, I'll, you'll get a normal side A tomorrow, or next, <laughs> next week, week, next episode it's, we're back. Hey, on if, if you're listening to this in the future, it could be in a couple of hours you, like, you finish this episode and then you get a good side A in like an hour, that's true, or in 30 minutes however, alternatively, if you're going is. back and binging a current events podcast 
Huh. Congratulations. Well, hello, historians. I never knew I would make <laughs> into the history books like this. I'm so glad you've decided to uh, catalog very carefully every single word I've ever said into the Library of so Congress. <laughs> they're cataloging what went wrong in society in 2021. <laughs> um, and with that, let's go ahead and get into side B. See you in a second. This is a monster-sized episode. You have 20 minutes, if that. I look. You got your side done. Take as long as my side done. I know. You guys are listening to Lame, the Lexington Allergies Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron, a Chew, and I'm Jenry. And uh, this is side B. Um, We talked last side on the last side of the episode about tips yeah showing how the sausage is made here me and aaron prepare our sides sort of um blind of each other uh i had no idea that this was being done for side i a. had no idea this was being so, done for side b folks so um, i have a brief i have me. a brief explanation of what tips are but i will skip that because you already know what they are that's efficiency baby um but uh we are going to be talking about today the story of patrick madden and the north fork neighborhood in moorhead kentucky do you know about this jenry no good this I'll is be, i'm I, i'm eager to learn i'll be relaying you the story wow so our main antagonist in this story of course is patrick madden um <laughs> antagonist yes who's the pro- who's the protagonist the people of the north fork neighborhood oh you love a story where it's the people versus it's the people versus patrick madden and the moorhead city council Ooh, yeah mm. but before we can get into that we have to go to the very beginning the roots of all of this nonsense and that's with john madden oh i thought you were about to say the um discovery of oil by aramco but anyway now continue <laughs> like john madden he's john, calling he's calling those damn football shots john madden the horse trainer ah uh, different well, john madden surprise horses uh, all the way down folks. from the 1800s this was the grandfather of patrick madden and uh, he he set all of this into motion. Um, he was a street fighter turned horse breeder. The only way. Um, and he See, a very <laughs> very legitimate and honest in honest sports horse is our horse racing. Never a more legit sport out there. Um, he comes from uh, Irish immigrants. He's a first generation Irish immigrant. He was born not in Kentucky. He was born in like the Northeast. Um, and just came to Kentucky for horse racing. Yeah, this is checking all the bad boxes. Mm-hmm. If you go on, I, I encourage the listener, go on Wikipedia right now. Go on, go there, look at John Madden's picture. And it looks exactly like some kind of uh, robber baron. Like it is that yeah. peak American capitalism picture, completely black background, yeah. half face silhouette. Oh, wow. It's uh, yeah. it's ominous. You will have to go to John Madden disambiguation first. Yes. Um, um, so he's a street fighter turned horse breeder. He's mostly known for the Triple Crown, the first Triple Crown horse that ever won the Triple Crown. Go team. Sir Barton. Thank you, Sir Barton. He also bred some other horses. One of the most notable ones is a horse named Hamburg. All right. I'm familiar with Hamburg. Yes. The, horse, uh, the, the area and the horse. Yes. Um, the horse was called Hamburg. And in around 1900... Is when uh, John Madden got in a plot of land in Lexington, Kentucky, that uh, he wanted to do to use to breed and, tra- and train these horses, mm-hmm. um, and he aptly named it Hamburg Place. Wow, he's really pulling out all the stops in this one. Yes, um, when Madden died, though, in the 1930s, his Finally. children, his FDR children, personally shot him. I wish. Um, I, I think, I don't remember if he, no, 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 no. He, he just died. Um, his, but his two children inherited the land and his $9 million, uh, estate. Love that. Big money back then, folks. Um, and he, so you, you joke about him being shot, um, dead. Mm. However, one of his sons, uh, died by suicide. He shot himself, mm. um, after, after they inherited. Um, and then one of his grandsons also shot themselves. Um, well, that's good class action. I mean, that's the, there's I mean, if if like, you know, if Jeff Bezos wants to ask, you know, ever comes and ask me how he can help the uh, socialist movement. I mean, it's great advice to just kill yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, 
So his son, his son Preston Madden, um, survived, and uh, he married. You might have heard of this lady, Anita Madden. No, I have not. She is the she is uh, colloquially referred to as the Kentucky Derby Queen. Mm. She was a big socialite. Um, she's not very important to this story, but they had several children. Uh, I guess she's important because she uh, well, uh, Preston begat Patrick. And Patrick uh, began. Patrick Patrick's mom was Anita, so ah. she helped in all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, Preston um, was Patrick's father, um, and they've just kind of been you know living their life, being uh, multimillionaire horse mm-hmm. traders and just horse you know a North Lexington aristocratic freaks. You know how it is. Exactly. Let's fast forward a couple of years. Nineteen ninety six. Patrick has decided that um, we need to modernize Lexington. We need to make it great. We make Lexington uh, a commercial hub. So he sold the land that he uh, got from his parents, uh, Hamburg Place. I need to and, build a shitty suburb. And he developed it into Hamburg Pavilion. Yep. Everybody's, literally everyone's favorite Lexington shopping pavilion. It's amazing. He is like, how can I sort of... um develop my own family's history of sort of um, deep personal anguish and tragedy and just sort of turn that into architecture. That's right. Yeah. If you can even call it that. I'm sure he was also uh, listen, I mean um, this was a, uh, was 96 not around the time the Lewinsky scandal blew up for Bill Clinton? I guess around that, maybe a little later. I don't know. I'm you know, sure he was like before we were alive. I will not be making any statements on how old I am. Anyway, continue. <laughs> You will um, not pin me down. I personally met Monica Lewinsky. Anyway, we're friends. Um, so, of course, you know, being a rich horse horse racers and horse trainers. Like freaks. Um, yeah. You know, these guys have a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they received a $200 million loan from the Bank of Switzerland. Yes. <laughs> to help <laughs> to help finance the, the construction of Hamburg That's Pavilion. Right, baby. Um, and it's been a downhill slope ever since for Patrick. Um so, so this is this is where it starts to get fuzzy because I've read that Patrick supposedly has developed other properties and I know that he's developed other properties because people talk about it. Yeah. I haven't found any specific There is no evidence of him developing There's no evidence of him developing any other properties, but I know yeah. that he has. He owns many rental properties and he is supposedly one of the most evil landlords out there. Well yeah. Um I mean any any landlord is evil. Um but yeah. among among evil he is the most evil. Yeah. The general secretary of landlordism. So. The king of landlords. So we've we've met our antagonist here. Uh-huh. Let's let's meet the kind folks over in North Fork. All right. Um, in Moorhead. In 2020, Madden approached the Moorhead City Council and he had a proposal. He wanted to develop some land. Yes. And he used the magic word with these city councilors. He called it blight yes he's like this blighted land i need you to turn on the money printers for me real quick and i will solve this for you that blighted land was a trailer park whoa whoa. that people were living in people bro people live there um it was populated with low-income residents some of whom have been living there since the 80s and many of whom owned their houses outright Mm. they were given until april 30th so this is Fuck, no. April 30th to 2020, folks. 2021. Oh, okay. Thank God. Yes. A well, better. Would have been super well, fucked up if the pandemic happened. What? Hold on. Oh, fuck. Never mind. Fuck. Um, they're going to tell April 30th, 2021 to get out of their homes or else. Or else. Um, they were notified they, they needed to move out in December 2020. Oh, fuck. Um, Madden proposed building a shopping center with restaurants, shops, gas stations. <laughs> I'm gonna actionable legal threat. So where this where this North Fork, Fork place is is um it, like I said it's off of I sixty four. There's an exit. There's mm-hmm. four corners. Three of the corners have already been developed. Mm-hmm. One of them is this trailer park. Yeah. Um, and so he wanted to develop that corner because he said it was losing its potential. 
Um, he wants to, like I said, he wants to develop it with all these shops and stuff, and he wants to pay the the fantastic employees who are risking their lives during this great pandemic. Love it, love it. But also just, uh, you know, busting their asses in the service industry. He wants to pay them between seven forty and $10 an hour. You hear that? You hear that, folks? Um, you can get us, you can get paid a salary less than um, me at my bullshit jobs um, to uh, toil at a landlord Madden's behest. Um, and so he picked this area despite the fact that there was already infrastructure literally across the street. Yeah, I mean, uh, mate, look, it's across the street. You got it. It was, according to one resident, um, it was across the street and deteriorating. Like he could have just, you know, fixed it up. And but done. that is the desire is that you need new, you need to break virgin land. You know, you need to, um, uh, is you must, you must disrupt. You cannot just simply, um, repair. You must create new. Speaking of creating new things in order for this project to be financially viable, he had to create a TIFF. That's right, folks. Everyone knows the tax increment finance is what I, I read on the Herald leader. It is finance, but mm. I, I, I think it's, I've heard funding a lot. But um, I believe the official name is finance. So in in Madden's case, um, I think funding's a little more like. I don't think I don't think they like funding because I think they say it, it says the quiet part out loud. But anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. He got his um, he got his county like all of his taxes suspended by ninety percent for thirty years. Yeah, damn. except for school tax, so he's got to pay school tax. Yeah, school taxes generally get exempted, um, but I guess fuck the fire department. So is it, I think it's Rowan. Is it Rowan or Rowan? Rowan County. Rowan. Um, so you're he, literally from Kentucky. I am from is, Northern Kentucky. We yeah, do not which, know how to pronounce things in Northern so, Kentucky. This is literally so embarrassing. You should have cut the mic and asked me this honestly. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out because I love humiliating the people who are close to me. Like, but like, so sad. Anyway. Look, okay, take it up. Take it up with Kenton County. Okay. Anyway, uh, Rowan County would have saved him, would have uh, given him $11 million. Wow. They were just desperate for this shit. I don't want to say saving him because they just yeah. gave it to him. They were giving it um, to him. So, Linda Blackford, our other, our other uh, Herald leader. Yeah, reporter, I mean. Our other favorite Herald leader. Report. Really does not, I mean. There's Beth Musgrave, Jeremy Chisenthal, and then I guess I don't, Linda Blackford. I don't like, Jer- Jeremy just shows up and like takes photos and he's like, there was a crash. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm loving the hustle, Jeremy, but like, this is not. But uh, Linda Blackford um, is is saying the right things. Um, well, that's good. She says that these uh, tips were invented to help with abandoned development. But basically, like you said in side A, have never been used for that purpose. Yeah. Um, basically, corporate socialism for the rich, rugged individualism for the poor. Um, it is difficult or impossible for many of these residents to find new places to live. They either have to know someone who can take them. Yes. Meet rigorous qualifications to move into a new trailer park. This includes things like credit checks, background checks, um, even just having like a deposit first and last month's rent. Yeah. A lot of these people simply cannot afford that. Mm. They have to be able to either also be able to uh, move into a new place in, in Moorhead. Uh-huh. Um, and because there's a college there, rent is not cheap. Yes. Um, or they have to move out of the county or even out of the state. Um, people were talking about how uh, plots were like 125 a month, but in the city it's 700 a month yeah. for rent. Um, and, you know, this is part of a broader conversation of affordable housing in Kentucky. Um, and that's a lot why a lot of residents resort to mobile homes. They're cheap. You can own them outright and you only have to you rent the spot yeah. below you. We have we have a. Uh... We have, yeah, we have, in fact, resorted to homelessness Mm -hmm. in a more Um, elaborate form. But, you know, the resident, John, uh, or not Patrick Madden, not John Madden, Patrick Madden's uh, firm, they're like, you know what? We recognize this is a really big inconvenience. We're going to we're going to make it worthwhile. We're going to give you some compensation. Twenty bucks. Thousand dollars. Fuck. So this really wasn't even helpful because, um. It costs over $3,500 to move a mobile home because yes. you have to unhook it. You have to disconnect it from all the utilities and you yes. have to move it physically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you have to reconnect it and that also costs a lot of money mm -hmm. um so really he didn't do much for them and gave you a discount on moving out exactly um and a lot of these residents are just not liquid enough to even yeah think about doing if that. you're extremely liquid you're not living in a trailer park i mean no um so a lot of the residents have been already evicted but they have just they're just not leaving that's yes go team go team yes but many of them have left um however has anyone has anyone considered once again i feel like every episode we talk i i bring this up and i'm like once again if you folks can take that thousand dollars buy a nice gun um <laughs> if you all if if you are you don't even have to shoot them folks. This, is this is what, what the I'm black saying. panthers did they literally just were like literally, standing on uh, in yeah. public okay you and the boys right you and your fellow neighbors show up armed what is this fucker gonna do right call the police on you there's a trigger for a reason my friends anyway well he he lives in lexington so he doesn't even have to be there exactly though. that's the thing well that, well that's even perfect okay no this is great right because look the construction guys are going to come up and they're cats and they're going to be like, okay, uh, guys, you have to, oh, no, they have a gun. No, fuck this. We're in, they get in their car and they leave and they're like, look, you're not paying me enough to deal with these guys who with armed. Literally, there's an easy way to, folks, there's an easy way. Easy, easy, easy way to get out of this one. Just saying, bare arms. Anyway. So, um, Madden, though, Patrick Madden, he, yeah. He turns out he may have violated some laws in this whole process. Whoopsie, did a little crime. He, he may be he may be in some legal trouble for this. Um and there is a case for him now, but there hasn't been any filings or anything. But there have been some some back and forth op eds, um and also some very strong language to the city council. Strong language to the city council. I love that. Um the biggest thing, of course, is he didn't notify the residents quickly enough he said yeah so how they how they notified them was um one one of the residents happened to be going to a city council meeting no way and they, they did a reading at a city council yeah that's you have to do more to make a zone change happen um they um so they did i mean to be i i don't even want to say to be fair to the city because this is like very very uh just like very evil of yeah. them to do did they like put they put the official notice in the newspaper. Yes. Um, but like I see I see Lexington do this all the time in like the classifieds and it's like point zero one font. Yeah. Um, as cheap as possible. Yes. And like you have to have like a magnifying glass to read it in the paper. Um, yeah. And then it's like and uh, if you don't the way that a lot of people's digital subscriptions are set up if they're not reading like the e-edition of the Herald Leader or something you just won't see it. Mm hmm. And they'll be like, well, technically, we did notify people it was in the newspaper. Yeah, so this is what this we've is what, fulfilled uh, our, our our governing articles to publish it in a newspaper somewhere. So this is what the county did, um, and basically nobody knew until somebody went to a to a city council meeting and they're like, "Holy shit, we are being evicted in April!" Fuck, <laughs> God, they're <laughs> just kicking us out. I'm being what now? <laughs> They're, they're all just kicking us out. Um, another thing is with the Kentucky TIF laws. Now, hey, I don't know anything about Kentucky TIF laws. So this these could be, are, this could be these are interesting because the requirement of these of these districts is that the property has to be in a position position where it would otherwise not have been developed. Yes. Oh, sorry. This is a, this is the same. Yeah. Yes. Um, being situated on the corner of a literal interstate with three other developed corners. If that trailer park had not been there, the most developed, yes. developable land in Moorhead. I mm -hmm. mean, like, even if even if Patrick Madden hadn't come in there, somebody like the like if you if you yeah. get in your brain of developer mode, somebody would have developed it. It's yeah. not like a this steel is, mill. It's not waste yeah. ground. Exact the same. Exactly the same thing with this stupid apartment complex. There is no like there there is a there's a clear market demand for housing. Like there, it is insane to me that these people are actually getting away with these. Um, like with these things anyway sorry thank you. so um and this is kind of tangential to kentucky but nobody knows how many tiff projects there are in kentucky that's awesome we don't that's not a that's not a no no, no one's keeping track of this shit um of course the um the most notable one is this arc um ken that's ham right, ken ham's coming at you with this tiff because uh, that was that was whole completely tiff it was awesome you love you love state funded fucking weird shit like that i'm actually all for it 
Um, it's uh, what's well, fifty dollars a ticket to get in. Fuck for a, for an adult. I think it's like thirty dollars for a child. Jesus Christ, guys! Do we need to charge fifty dollars per listen of this podcast? I mean, I, I guess anything sells. I mean, I wouldn't even say it was it would be worth it to pay the listeners. You cannot say this. <laughs> <laughs> we would have to create a tiff out of lame. A lame t- <laughs> the property value of nearby <laughs> um the council has some dubious logic here with how they're justifying this district being created mm. because they're saying that the well, num- poor people are kind of ugly so who would want to actually want to develop i mean that? that's basically what they're saying they're yeah. saying the number of residents there that are in that are in the poverty line is greater than 50 percent um and they're also their their other foundational thing of logic is that people who live in mobile homes earn less than people who don't. So they literally said, "Fuck you, poors." And they said, therefore, the percentage of people who live at the North Fork Mobile Home Park is uh, who live at the North North Fork Mobile Home Park in poverty is greater than forty percent because that was like the threshold. You have to have forty percent poverty blighted, for it yeah. to be blight. Um, this is not the case because uh, in Rowan County, it the poverty rate is twenty three percent. Yes, um, which uh, is significantly actually about half as much as fifty percent. Yeah. Interesting that the Morehead City Council um, has revealed their uh, secret desires to raise half the town. Yes, um, so th- it's it's just very it's very suspicious. Um, I mean, obviously, when eleven million dollars are on the line, you know, anything can happen. Um, it's like, do you have enough money, like, like to a rich guy? Like, what is eleven million dollars? Like, I don't any, know. Like, why? What, what do you? What do you need eleven million? Any amount for? over one million, just immediately, I'm like, okay, there's no. Like in my mind, like no difference between two and three million. You never have to work again. Yeah, like, million dollars, you're good. Bye. The development plan that they submitted um, was not filed properly. Yes. Because you're supposed to send it to the city and then to the county clerk. They only send it to the city clerk. Jesus Christ, guys. Um, They also, the Moorhead City Council, violated land relocation notice laws. Like I was saying earlier, they didn't Mm -hmm. provide adequate notice. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you can you can argue however how legal that was in the in the Twitters or whatever. Um, But, uh, you know, they didn't provide adequate notice to the residents. They had four months to basically be like, all right, you got to move. You got to find an entirely new life. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? Um, Madden look out. Mm-hmm. So they're, um, you know, they're, they're active on social media. They're active all over the place. Um, they've been in the news. They were an op-ed for the New York times. Um, wow. so they're getting national attention, which is good. And now they're getting lame attention, which, yeah, maybe, which is know. the, have very high purchase the Lexington Elite Lame has, you know. Yes. Um, so if you are interested in helping them, they're on Facebook, Justice for North Fork, the number four. Um, they have a petition right now um, that they're trying to sign, and they also have a mailing list. Those links will be in the show notes. Wow. Um, their goal right now is to boycott the development and resist construction. So assuming assuming they can't guys, resist the construction. Fight. Guys, you can't get guns. The official lame diagnosis, arm yourselves to the teeth and just stand there. Don't even need to shoot them. Don't even need to put guns. Don't even need to put bullets in the gun, honestly. Just don't let them see that. I mean, that's like, look, okay, take a take a page out of the Black Panther playbook. Yeah. That's literally what they did. Um, and, and then they changed worked. laws in, in Chicago and California specifically yeah. for the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, true in Kentucky. We're a gun-loving state. You mean to tell me that Senator Rand Paul will not personally come down, come down, and also bear arms against this guy? <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah, I want to get libertarians against this freak. Um, everyone, get down there with your guns. But yeah, go go follow them on Facebook. Join their mailing list. Um, they had a uh, a calling uh, drive or a phone drive a couple or last week, last Saturday. Um, they're doing a lot of petitions, petitions, all that kind of yeah. stuff. We'll be starting a uh, just a, just a, a, a munitions purchasing um, uh, drive. You can 
Oh my god! Um, send us, send us your cryptocurrency. We will purchase um, uh, dark money guns. And with that, <laughs> it's happened again. It certainly has. You have wasted, squandered, blown past. It's out of there, folks. Another perfectly good. I wonder we at hour over an hour. Yeah. Hour listening to lame. We did it. We'd like to thank our esteemed executive producer Charlie Carey. Yeah, Charlie. I mean, you. I mean, look. Charlie, I'm sorry I screamed at you before we record. I'm sorry. I was. You all should have seen it, folks. I left this. This station is looking something awful right now. I just. This is what Barry Saturday does to a man. What can I say? Um, Charlie, you can unlock the booth door now. You can come out. We won't. We won't hurt you. Our our logo and new sticker is designed by Claire Thompson. Our music and audio engineer is Mr. Taman Paula, and our uh, our staff physicist is Dr. Laura Venertia. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at LamePod. You can email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Be my pen pal. That would be fun. Fuck. Don't, we be, can just... don't be my pen pal. <laughs> I'll, I'll write back to you if yeah. you want to be my pen pal. If you ask for me, Aaron will write back to you and sign it as my name. That's correct. You'll never know. You'll never know. That's the promise um, we make to you at Lame. Leave us, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Share us with your friends um, and your family and uh, your local developers whose last names end in Adden. Um, or in Ebb. Or in Ebb, yes. Yeah. Um, and even though developers across the state categorize lame as blight property <laughs> whenever they hear us say it this is lame